surprise the palmetto blitz podcast is back for two weeks in a row addison don't call it a comeback clint <laughs> we are we are excited to be back here on the palmetto blitz podcast uh we're going to get right into this episode good episode we were hoping to have uh david shelton from post and courier on this episode but unfortunately he's tied up so we should have a good episode for you anyways a lot of exciting things happened this past weekend in high school football college football in the NFL. So we're going to start right now with our biggest headlines uh, from this past weekend. In high school football, South Point, undefeated on the season, gets upset by Greer in the first round of the 4A playoffs by a score of 14-7. to T.L. Hanna, who played in, fi- in the 5A title game last season, they fall in the first round this year, 41-35 to to Malden. And then Myrtle Beach star quarterback and U of, U of SC commit Luke Doty was injured in that win over Lakewood in the first round. He wasn't able to finish the game and right now is listed as questionable for their second round game versus North Myrtle Beach. You know, Clint, we didn't see that South Point game uh, going that way. Uh, I don't think that I I just don't uh, I I don't know what happened there. Uh, Not a good game Uh, and obviously a low scoring game. Um, and then T.L. Hanna, same same thing. Uh, I don't think either one of us thought they'd be out in the first round. Um, however, they are. And then you you talk about Luke Doty uh, and his uh, scary scary for Myrtle Beach, having him go out uh, in the first game. They're playing North Myrtle Beach here in round two. Um, obviously, a local game, uh, very very highly contested, um, and a game that North Myrtle Beach is going to be looking to get some payback on. Uh, so, uh, you know, that might not be great for Myrtle Beach's chances, depending on how his outlook is for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, the latest that I saw, there is still extreme swelling in his hand, and they're not sure whether he will be available for this weekend or not. I know that would be a big loss uh, for Myrtle Beach, like you said, heading into this big, uh, you know, right there in the same town with Myrtle Beach, you know, in the same area. Uh, Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach is always a big rivalry game during the season. Uh, so so that, that's a lot of pressure on Myrtle Beach if they go into that game without their star quarterback, Luke Doty. And like you said, the Greer, what an impressive performance uh, by that defense in that first-round matchup, pulling off the upset over Devontae Holloman's South Point Stallions. So moving over to college football now, Clemson defeated NC State 55-10. to and are currently number three in the college football playoff rankings, which were just released before we began recording tonight. Uh, like always, we record on Tuesday nights around 9 o'clock, so those rankings were released earlier around 7. Uh, U of SC falls to App State at home uh, by the final score of 20-15. to 15. The Gamecocks now 4-6 and six on the season and will need to win their last two games in order to make a bowl game. How about... The Mountaineers up in Boone coming up yeah, with just, the victory. Just so y'all know, Addison, we had to widen the doorways into our recording studio uh, just to get Addison, it, you know, his head inside the room, uh, inside the studio tonight. He's coming off of back-to-back 5-0 and weeks in our pick'em. Uh, it's good to be king. That at state game, correct. <laughs> it's good to be king. What can I tell you? 
Um, I look, I I told you going into the game, I said it was it was a big one for U of SC. Um, it was going to be a make or break, and I'll be darned if the headlines don't agree with me. Um, I don't know if you've seen uh, the state papers been talking about it. Um, you know, they're, <laughs> they're already asking the state legislature if uh, they're willing to cough up the money uh, to buy him out of his contract. So um, they said no, by the way, uh, which I appreciate the fact that my tax dollars aren't going to go till his payout, at least not directly. Um, so it looked, I, I, we talked about it. It was, uh, you know, you got a good app state team. They came in and this wasn't, this wasn't like sometimes where when you see a lower tier team, I say lower tier app state is not necessarily a lower tier. They're in a conference. It's not a power five conference, but this is not like typically when you see one of those teams come up against a power five conference team and, you know, there's mistakes that, you know, just glaring mistakes. And that's the reason why they get a win or as app state has done multiple times in the past, they block a field goal at the end of the game or something like that. Um, App state controlled that football game. App state's offensive lineman took South Carolina's defensive lineman to school. Um, that's not something you see very often when you have a difference in talent uh, that you see in an SEC school um, and then a Sunbelt Conference school. Um, but, uh, I mean, App State played a great game. They played their game, and they dominated the Gamecocks. Yeah, like you said, Anson, they really – what was really impressive is is they won it in the trenches on both sides of the ball. That They, they were able to hold up against South Carolina's talented defensive line and then their their edge rushers, App State's edge rushers, gave South Carolina's offensive tackles fits all night, especially there on that last drive. I think there was, what, two holding penalties? And even if they would have completed that final pass, uh, they had a holding penalty, and they would have came back anyways. So <laughs> so they really won it at the line of scrimmage, and like you said, that's what that's what is strange about it. You see a SEC team going against a non-Power 5 school, even though it's a well-respected program in App State, uh, you don't see uh, – a non-Power 5 school dominate a, uh, a SEC school in the trenches. Uh, but we'll get more into that, you know, maybe the state of the Gamecock program uh, later on in this episode as we look at the I, Gamecock a little bit closer. I can't uh, wait. I can't wait. <laughs> but uh, just right now, just briefly looking at the NFL real quick, uh, the Dolphins and the Falcons both pull off upsets. Uh, the Dolphins win two in a row. Uh, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, Addison, is the Miami Dolphins. And then the Falcons shocked everybody uh, by defeating the New Orleans Saints. And then my Washington Redskins did not lose this weekend, but only because they were on a bye. So your your team didn't lose. My two teams, you know, I've got three NFL teams. Yeah. Um, now I've got the Raiders, which I, I wasn't a Raider fan until this past season. I am now. I'm on board. Um, <laughs> but the Falcons and the Dolphins are my two NFL teams. Um, and both of them getting wins. We're not going to talk about the rest of the season. Every <laughs> Monday you come into the house and it's zero to zero. Okay? <laughs> it's it's a new week. It's a new week. And we started off this week uh, getting a win. So, uh, no, I, I love to see the Falcons and Dolphins try to turn around, uh, at least make the, the season, you know, a, a high point at the end of the season, do a little something. Um because next year's the year, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> There's always next year. There's always next year. Uh, well, let's get right into now our South Carolina High School League and the Skiza playoffs. 
obviously, you know, we're not going to go by go through each one of these matchups. You can find the updated brackets for South Carolina High School League and Skeeds are right there on the homepage of PalmettaBlitz.com. But what we are going to do is we're going to update you uh, on the on the game, the prediction game that we started last week in the first round. Uh, looking, at, we basically picked our champions, the championship matchups uh, for South Carolina High School League and Skiza, and then did the first round locks and upset alert teams uh, for the first round in South Carolina High School League only. So now let's take a closer look at that and let's see how we did. Addison and I both have all our championship game uh, teams remaining in South Carolina High School League. Uh, so those all made it out of the first round safely. And then, but down in Skiza, uh, I did lose first Baptist, as you remember. Uh, I picked Lawrence. I wanted to pick Lawrence Manning, but I wanted to make things interesting. So I switched it to first Baptist going against Addison's uh, 3A championship game pick, Ben Lippin. Ben Lippin got the win over first Baptist. So Addison's got a slight advantage on me there. Uh, but for all our other skis of teams, they are all uh, advancing to the second round. So now over to our first round locks. We're going to start right there in 5A. Uh, I had Dorman taking on Greenwood. They pulled out the win. That gave me one point. Addison had Carolina Forest over Kane Bay. They pulled out the win, so that gave Addison one point. Dorman got the win 35 to nothing over Greenwood, and Carolina Forest got the win 42 to 7. One thing yeah, I, I do want to point out as you go through these, and we'll read out the score so that you know, um, something I was very impressed with us in uh, every one of our locks, um, which we all got, we got all of our locks correct. Every one of our locks, not only one, but one convincingly. So I feel really good about both of our abilities and picking the locks in week one. Just want to throw that out there. All right, so that was our round one locks in 5A. We both pick up a point there. So now we're looking at our round one upset alert in 5A. I had Wando at 6-3 and three on upset alert going against Conway at 3-6. and six. Uh, Wando got the win, but only by nine points. They pulled out the win 30-21, to 21, so that gave me one point. And then Addison had Westside 5-4 and four on upset alert taking on Spring Valley at 5-5. Five and five. Westside was able to pull out a loss. I was about to say pull out a win, but Westside got the loss in that one, 35 to 37. Uh, so Addison actually picks up two points. Uh, They're getting the correct upset alert with the team actually losing in that one. So right now, Addison looking good with a three to two lead. Going over to 4A round one locks, Daniel taking on Lancaster and Myrtle Beach taking on Lakewood. Daniel was my lock. They got the win 48 to six. Myrtle Beach was Addison's lock. Looked a little shaky there for a while with the Luke Doty injury. Uh, Lakewood, Myrtle Beach, they were back and forth, but then Myrtle Beach uh, started to pull away and obviously came away with a big win, 63-31. to 31. So we both get a point there. And then round, uh, round one upset alerts there in 4A. I had AC Flora, 9-1, taking on 7-3 Wahala. Uh, I missed that one. AC Flora was only able to get – AC Florida got the win, 36-26, to 26, obviously a difference of 10 points. I missed that by just one point, so I have a zero there for the point column. And then Addison, Wilson taking on Hilton Head, Wilson at 8-2, and two, Hilton Head at 5-4. and four. Wilson picking up the win, 47-34, to 34, difference of 13 points. Addison with zero points. 
Now we'll look at uh, round one with our 3A locks. Clinch, you had Chapman taking on Liberty, and I had Wade Hampton out of Hampton taking on Edisto, uh, both picking up the victory. Chapman, huge win, 54-7 to over Liberty, and then Wade Hampton with a comfortable victory, 42-13 to over Edisto. Both of us getting one point for those. And we go down to 3A for the upset alert. Uh, I had Pendleton at 7-3, and three, taking on Southside at 5-4. and four. Pendleton ends up picking up the win uh, by 11 points, so I get no points on that one. Clinch, you had Bishop England at 6-3, and three, taking on Lake City at 4-5. and five. Uh, Lake City picks up the victory in that one, so Bishop England does indeed fall. Uh, so you grab two whole points on that one. Uh, then we'll go over to our locks, round one locks for 2A. Uh, Clinch, you had Barmel playing against Hannah Pamplico. Uh, that's going to be a comfortable victory for Barmel, 55-6. to six. Uh, Same team that I wanted to pick. Uh, however, I ended up going with Bamberg as my secondary pick. Um, not as big of a victory as I would have hoped for. Bamberg only beating Mullins 20-16. to 16. However, they do pick up the victory, and both of us get out of there with another point. Upset alert for 2A in that round one. Uh, you put uh, Oceanside on upset alert. They were 9-0 and uh, going against Andrews. They were 8-1, and uh, so not a bad pick. However, um, ended up being a bad pick. They actually ended up uh, – Oceanside ends up winning by 22 points. Um, don't think anybody really saw that happen and thought it was going to be a lot closer than that. Uh, I picked Beaufort over C.A. Johnson. Beaufort at 7-3. and C.A. Johnson at 4-6. and six. Uh, Beaufort ends up with the victory. However, they only won by nine points. It was 43 to 34. So I did pick up a single point in that game. Before we move over to 1A, if you haven't got an opportunity, Addison mentioned the close win for his lock, Bamberg Earhart over Mullins, 20 to 16. If you haven't had an opportunity to see how they won that game, head over to uh, our Twitter page, at Palmetto Blitz, and check out the video from Andrew Prue. Uh, from WMBF right there in Myrtle Beach. Uh, he has an awesome video of the play that they had where the quarterback dropped back, threw it out uh, to, I think, the wide receiver, who then threw it down the field to the quarterback who stopped halfway down the field and then threw it over to a sprinting player for Bamberg Earhart, who eventually ran it into the end zone. Crazy finish, a great video. So go over there to our Twitter page, at Palmetto Blitz, uh, where you can find that. All right, so let's go over to 1A now, our locks. And this was interesting because in 1A, as you know, uh, your top seeds get a bye. Your region winners get a bye in the first round. Uh, so you had a lot of interesting matchups. It's kind of hard to pick a lock in those 1A matchups in the first round. But Addison and I both got ours correct and convincing wins. Uh, I picked Cross over Military Magnet. Cross came away with the win 36 to nothing. And then Lakeview. Uh, Addison's pick over Denmark Oler, he got the win of 54 to 12. So both easy wins right there for our locks in 1A. We both pick up a point. Uh, didn't fare too well, though, in our round one upset alerts in 1A. I had McCormick on upset alert at 4 and 6 going against 3 and 7, Williston Elko. McCormick got the easy win of 56 to 35, so 21 point difference there. So I got zero points. And then Addison in the somebody-has-to-win game in the first round in 1A. 2-8, uh, and eight, McBee, he had them on upset alert going against 1-9, Dixie. Uh, McBee got the shutout in that one, 30 to nothing. And that is a point difference, obviously, of Addison. 
30. 30 points. <laughs> 30 points. So neither one of us get uh, any points for the upset alert. So if you've been keeping score, that means after round one, shockingly, I was shocked, uh, we are tied at 8-8. Eight to eight. Now, obviously, Addison is uh, sitting in a little bit better position because of my first Baptist loss down there in Skiza. Um, but right now, it's tied 8-8, eight to eight, and looks like it's going to be a close one right down to the finish. First Baptist going to come back to bite you, buddy. <laughs> uh, but we do want to mention before uh, we get our picks uh, for this week in South Carolina High School League, our locks and our upset alerts. We do want to take a quick look at uh, the Skiza bracket because in that bracket, they this is they're at the final round before they have their champ their championship games, uh, which is next uh, Friday night for eight man, and then one A through three A uh, will be next Saturday. So looking at the the three A state playoffs right now, you've got Hammond taking on Heathwood Hall and the winner of that going on to the 3A state championship, and then Lawrence Manning taking on Ben Lippin. Obviously, Addison has Hammond and Ben Lippin in his championship game. I have Hammond and First Baptist, First Baptist being eliminated. Over in 2A, you have Hilton Head Christian taking on Florence Christian. We both have Hilton Head Christian advancing to the title game. And then you have Trinity Burns taking on Orangeburg Prep. We both have Trinity Burns winning that one. Down in 1A, you've got Carolina Academy taking on Bethesda Academy. We both have Bethesda Academy advancing to the title game. And then PD Academy taking on Thomas Hayward. That's a rematch of last year's state championship game in 1A. We both have PD Academy advancing in that one. And then down in 8-man, you have Andrew Jackson Academy taking on Palmetto Christian. Obviously, we both have Andrew Jackson winning that one. And then here's an interesting one for this weekend. Uh, Richard Wynn taking on St. John's Christian. I have St. John's Christian advancing to the title game. Addison has Richard Wynn. So this might be able to make up for my first Baptist uh, loss to Ben Lippin. Playing at Richard Wynn. Yeah, that is a home game for Richard Wynn. Uh, but I think it should be a close one. I think these two teams are, are probably, uh, you know, I think they've been right around who's that number two best team, stayed in the top five all season long. Um, I think this should be a much better game than what we're expecting out of that Andrew Jackson Palmetto Christian matchup. All right, so now over to our South Carolina High School League round two predictions. Last week I went first uh, for 1A through 5A. We're going to start it in 5A. Addison, you will get to go first this week, so that gives you the advantage in the locks. Once again, uh, we get one point for a correct lock prediction and then one point for an upset alert team only winning by single digits two points if they lose the game and we cannot have the same lock. So if Addison picks uh, a team in the second round for his lock, I am not allowed to pick that same team. Addison, go ahead and start right there in 5A. My lock for 5A uh, is going to be Carolina Forest taking on River Bluff. Uh, River Bluff, uh, you know, a team that I like, a team that I'd like to see do well. However, I, I just don't think they have what it takes to to knock off Carolina Forest. Uh, both teams won by uh, a score of forty-two to seven. Carolina Forest beating Kane Bay, and then River Bluff beating West Ashley last week. Uh, but uh, my lock for the week is going to be Carolina Forest. All right, so he's taking Carolina Forest, which I believe is your five A state champion. Uh, That's correct. 
My lock, I was back and forth between the two teams I have going to the state championship game. Uh, Dutch Fort taking on Wando this weekend and Dorman taking on Spring Valley. But I'm a little bit more confident in what Dutch Fork is going to be able to do against Wando. I don't think Wando is going to be able to score on that Dutch Fork defense or keep up with that Dutch Fork offense. So I, my lock uh, for 5A in the second round is Dutch Fork over Wando. My upset alert for 5A is going to be Lawrence. They're taking on Burns this week. Uh, I think that's got potential to be a very close game, potentially. Uh, but uh, I do have Burns going to my championship game, so I think they're going to pull out the victory. Uh, so that's my upset alert for week two in the playoffs. Yeah, just to explain that, of course, uh, we go by record uh, because of how South Carolina High School League does their brackets. We go by the record uh, to base our upset alerts. All right, so Addison, well, that's a nice pick there. I think you'll, uh, I think you'll definitely get the points on that one. Uh, I'm going to uh, down in the Low Country. I'm going Goose Creek at eight and two right now in the season. Obviously, this is counting their playoff win in the first round. Uh, Goose Creek at eight and two on the season, taking on a seven and three Somerville Green Wave team. I think Somerville has gotten better as the season has gone on. One of those losses, obviously, to the powerful uh, Fort De- Dor- Fort Dorchester Patriots team. Uh, so I like Goose Creek to be on upset alert this week. I think that's going to be a very close game. And if if Somerville can't pull off the upset, I definitely think the final will be in single digits. Moving up to 4A, my lock is going to be Daniel over Westwood. Uh, Both of us have Daniel going to the championship game. And uh, Westwood just uh, they they put up 70 points over Eastside to beat them. However, they let Eastside score 52 um, if their defense lets Eastside score 52, I think Daniel's got a chance to score 102. Um, so <laughs> that's that you, you can't have a weak defense going up against Daniel. So uh, they're going to be my lock. Yeah, and that was actually my lock. I was thinking the exactly same thing. I just don't know how Westwood's defense is going to be able to slow down uh, that Daniel attack led by quarterback Tyler Venables. Uh, so I, I agree with you. That was going to be my lock, but now I have to change it. Uh, my backup plan, I have uh, Greer, who pulled off the upset, surprisingly, here in the second round. I have go- them going against Wren. I really like this Wren offense uh, once again this season, and I think Wren uh, will be the lock here in the second round of 4A. Moving over to our upset for 4A second round, uh, I, I went between two uh, different games. Uh, I ended up going with the Buford-Hartsville game. Uh, Hartsville uh, I think you're going into Beaufort, so you've got an opportunity for Beaufort to have that home field advantage. Uh, so that's going to be my upset alert. However, just to put it out there, I did think about that Myrtle Beach team. Um, if they are without Luke Doty, I think that that North Myrtle Beach coming in has a great opportunity uh, to get some redemption there. So uh, I was thinking about it, ended up going with Hartsville and Beaufort. Yeah, we're right on the same page. I was looking strongly at that Beaufort-Hartsville matchup. Uh, we talked to Justin Jarrett last week from uh, locosports.com, and he even mentioned that this Beaufort team has it looks like an entirely different team here to close out the season. Uh, so even though they sit there with a losing record, uh, they're playing some really good football right now. Uh, and then I also looked at that Myrtle Beach uh, pick with the uncertainty around Luke Doty. That definitely made that a possibility. Uh, but the way they were able to pull away from Lakewood last week makes me feel comfortable. Uh, even if he doesn't play, I think I'm comfortable with what their offense can still do going against North Myrtle Beach this week. So I went up to the upstate 
and going with Greenville sitting at 9 at 2 taking on Belton Hania Path sitting at 7-3 seven, 7-3 seven and three on the season. I think Belton Hania Path has a really good shot at knocking on Greenville there in the second round of 4A. I think that's a bold prediction there, Captain. <laughs> Moving up to 3A, uh, trying to figure out who my lock was going to be. I went back and forth a number of different times. Um, I I wanted to pick Wade Hampton. I really did. I think this is going to be a big test for them. However, Mm. I think they're going to be able to beat Dylan. uh, Not confident enough to make it my lock. That would have been a risky lock. That's that's a risky lock. (laughs) I wasn't confident enough to make it my lock. Um, I am confident to make Gilbert my lock over Lake. Excuse me, over Lake City. Uh, Gilbert is at home. They beat Ridgeland Hardyville fifty-six to six, um, and Lake City had trouble with Bishop England. Beat them fourteen to seven, but barely beat them. So uh, I, I'm I'm picking my lock as Gilbert. Yeah, I'm Gilbert was actually my backup uh, selection. If you chose my my number one lock team. Uh, I'm really high on that Gilbert team. As you may know, I put them in uh, my 3A title game. Only one loss on the season, that being to a very talented 5A River Bluff team. Uh, so I really high, I'm really high on that Gilbert squad. But my lock uh, the second round is the same team I went with in the first round, uh, Chapman, uh, going against Newberry. I think Chapman will take care of business pretty easily and pull away with the win there in the second round. 3A upset alert. Uh, this is one that uh, I feel very confident in. I'm picking the Aner May River game. Aner coming into this game undefeated, uh, just got done beating Georgetown 42 to 13. However, May River is just an amazing team. Uh, they're a team that I have in my championship game. They've only lost two games in during the season, uh, one of them being to Beaufort, again, who we're saying is going to make a run for the playoffs uh, in 3A. I'm sorry, in 4A. And the other being Wade Hampton, who's done very well and who I think is going to pick up a win against Dillon. So um, I think May River picks up the victory just straight out. Uh, an upset alert goes out to Aner. Now, this one was upset. Uh, this one was kind of hard for me to pick my upset alert team here in 3A. So I'm going. I'm going with one that's not much of an upset, but by our rules, it does qualify as one. And this is the team that uh, you almost picked as your lock. Uh, I have Wade Hampton of Hampton uh, sitting at 10 and one on the season after picking up their win in the first round, going against Dylan, who's currently at nine and one. Uh, so Wade Hampton does have the slight better record in this one, and they are at home, but we all know uh, what story of a program Dylan is. These two teams faced off last year uh, in the lower state final of 3A up and up in Dylan. That was a close ball game. Dylan got the win there. I think they have a good shot of pulling, pulling out the win uh, in this one, but if they don't get the win, I think this is going to be a very close uh, football game. So I've got Wade Hampton on upset alert this weekend. That's a I look. That's a, that's probably a great call because um, I think you're going to get at least a point. Because yeah, at least I think that game. Yeah, I, I if that game's more than a ten point difference, I'm going to be astonished. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a great game. That's a that's a good pick. That's a good strategic pick. Well, that takes us over to Class 2A. Getting a little more difficult, uh, definitely on the upset side. However, for the lock side, I'm picking Barmel to pick up the victory over Burke. Barmel's at home. They just got done whooping up on Hannah Pamplico 55-6. to 
they're playing against a Burke team that, uh, to be fair, just hasn't hasn't been a tremendous team this year. Um, I think Barmel is going to put up some big points uh, on them, and they they're my lock. Yeah, this one was pretty. I had Barmel as my number one lock, but this was pretty simple. I have no problem whatsoever switching my pick to Abbeville. Uh, Andrew Jackson is a very talented team this season, but uh, nobody has shown. Uh, so far that they can hang with a- Abbeville, and that includes, you know, a 4A power like Hartsville. Uh, so I think Abbeville can easily take care of business against Andrew Jackson, and I'll say it again, these two teams have been on the collision course this entire season uh, to face off in the state championship again, uh, and I think it'll be a better game than it was in 2018, but I have no problem going with Abbeville as my luck in the second round of 2A. For my upset alert, I uh, looked at a couple different games, but I, I ended up going with the Whale Branch Oceanside Collegiate game. Uh, both of these teams coming in as number four seeds, um, Ocean Collegiate, Oceanside Collegiate rather, uh, beating the number one seed Andrews fifty six to thirty six, uh, and then Whale Branch beating Philip Simmons thirty six to ten to take them to this game. Um, it's a home game for Whale Branch. I think that. It's going to be a very close game, which is why I chose it. Um, I'm not expecting to get my two points. However, I think this one will be within 10, so I think I'll pick up a point on it. And my upset alert, I'm going uh, right now with St. Joseph's as my upset alert team. They are sitting at 10-1 and on the season, going against that high-powered offense led by Hunter Helms, a quarterback for Gray Collegiate, sitting at 8-3 and on the season. I think uh, St. Joseph's hasn't seen – an offense like this all year. Uh, Great Collegiate, they don't play that much of defense, uh, but they will put up 50 on you in a heartbeat. Uh, so I think Great Collegiate is able to outscore St. Joseph's this weekend and pull out the win. I think that's going to be a straight victory for uh, Great Collegiate. I, I don't think St. Joseph comes away the win, whether it's at single points or not. I think Great Collegiate gets the win here in the second round. That takes us up to 1A. And uh, my lock, I think there's two of them that I could have gone with. Uh, and been very, very comfortable. Um, the first being uh, taking Green Sea Floyds to knock off St. John's. St. John's only able to get six points up on Bethune Bowman to pick up that victory in the first round. Uh, and then the other one that I looked at really hard, Blackville Hilda uh, taking on that McBee team. McBee coming into that game. Uh, <laughs> the first round victory of the playoffs <laughs> gives them three wins on the season um, playing against a Blackville Hilda team that is just like you would expect a Blackville Hilda team to be. Uh, so therefore, I think either one of those are, are safe locks. Um, however, I, I just, I, I'm going to pick the Blackville Hilda game. And I'll tell you what, I've got my sheet down in front of me where I wrote down uh, some notes, and I actually own my sheet of paper here. I picked Green Sea Floyd's as my lock, but I'm changing it up here at the last second just because I'm, I'm, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs if you've only won two games in the regular season. So, Blackville Hilda to beat McBee by 112. <laughs> yeah, Blackville Hilda was actually my backup option if you took my lock. Uh, so, we're in agreement there. I think Blackville Hilda takes care of business very easily against McBee even though McBee is riding high after that uh, that dominant win over one win Dixie in the first <laughs> round. Uh, but my luck uh, will be Wagner Sally, who I actually have gone on to win the 1A state title this year. I have them as my luck uh, defeating McCormick uh, this weekend in the second round of 1A. Well, my upset alert is uh, going to be the Branchville game. Branchville taking on Lakeview. 
Lakeview put 54 up on Denmark Oler. Uh, Denmark Oler only able to get 12 in that game. Um, I think Lakeview's got a chance to make it close uh, within 10. Again, I don't know if I'll get two points on this one, but I feel pretty good about getting one point. Yeah, this is the first time. So, so far we've done all these predictions. This is the first time that we'll actually have the same upset alert. Uh, I also have Branchville on upset alert sitting at eight and two going against Lakeview uh, seven and four. If anybody, all you listeners that uh, listen to our podcast every week know that uh, we have a a good relationship with the Lakeview program because we heard it from their fans at the beginning of the year when they thought we had them down too low. They went on a very tough stretch. I think it was about a three-week stretch where they just played top program after top program, and they lost all three of those games. Uh, So I think that still is a very talented Lakeview team, even though they sit there with four losses on the season. So that wraps up our predictions for this week's week. This week's action in uh, the playoffs for South Carolina High School League second round. Uh, Obviously, we'll update you on the points uh, next week, and we'll do this for one more week with our upset alert and locks. And then obviously when we get into the lower state and upper state finals, uh, we will just pick our winners and we'll get one point apiece uh, for getting those correct. So now, Addison, the moment you have been waiting for, We are moving over to college football, and we're going over to the Gamecocks at four and six, uh, coming off coming off that loss to App State in Williams Bryce. If you ever thought that that victory over Georgia was not an absolute fluke, I want you to know that you just got whooped up on and manhandled by Appalachian State. That game at Georgia was the ugliest football game, second ugliest football game, that uh, Miami-Florida game at first of the oh, season. Okay. Was football. Uh, that's the ugliest that, football that game I've ever seen. football tries to do week zero. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the ugliest football game I've ever seen. The, the Georgia-South Carolina game was not a pretty game. Um, but Appalachian State came in there. We talked about this a little bit at the opening of the show. Appalachian State came in to Williams-Brice and they dominated. They played ball and where it just astonished me and I didn't expect to see it was in the trenches, like we said, the front seven doing the job at App State and controlling the South Carolina offensive line and defensive line. Um, I, I, You know what? I, there's not much more you can say. Um, Ryan Helensky didn't have a terrible game. 32 for 57, 325 yards and a touchdown. He did have one pick. Um, but And Appalachian State ran the ball. Appalachian State only had 16 passes in their entire game. Um, they controlled the line of scrimmage. They did what they had to do, uh, and they dominated the Gamecocks. So that being said, there's no nothing else I can say about the game. Let's look <laughs> forward. And Clint, where are you? What do you think? You've well, got. Well, Go let's let's look ahead. You know, you mentioned uh, there's not not much more you can say about the game. It, it is what it is. But the Gamecocks are sitting here now. We kind of chalk this up as a loss for the Gamecocks uh, because App State beat North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina sure. beat South Carolina. Uh, so if you do it that way, uh, you know we we knew the Gamecocks would have a tough game on their hands. And sure enough, the Mountaineers came away with the win. But if you remember, 
uh, back when we used to have a third host on our show, uh, we discussed uh, the scenarios for how the Gamecock season would play out. Uh, and I believe this was after the Missouri loss, maybe. I can't remember. You might have to refresh my memory, Austin. Uh, Addison. <laughs> Addison. When careful, we, uh, there. <laughs> careful, <laughs> careful there. Careful there, buddy. Uh, when we discussed this. But uh, you, Austin, and myself talked about what was the what record would it need to be for Muschamp as he closed out the season to get him either fired or on the hot seat? Obviously, we all ranged from five to seven wins on how we predicted their records go this season. And we kind of talked about if they finished under five wins, if they were at three wins, then it's time to cut bait. You just you get rid of them. No questions asked. I mean, you have to get rid of them if they finish the season with three wins. Uh Four wins is where you kind of are on the fence. You can kind of make a, you know, make an argument for either way. Five wins with the schedule, we thought, you know, with the injury to Jake Bentley, with the schedule, five wins, okay, maybe you see enough to bring them back. Uh, but right now, Gamecocks have two games left. On the road at A&M, Texas A&M, and at home against the number three team in the country, uh, the Clemson Tigers. So Addison, I think they're staring – uh, four wins in the face. I mean, this looks like this season is going to have a final record of four and eight with no bowl game. World, what what way do you think the Gamecocks will go with their coaching staff, their head coach? Uh, what way do you think they should go? Well, so when you say how do I feel like they should go, um, I will say this, and anybody who's known me for any length of time will know this. I I was a South Carolina fan. For a long time. Um, and I went to Clemson. When I went to Clemson, I decided I was going to be purely a Clemson fan. However, as long as they weren't playing each other, I'd pull for both teams. You know, I did the whole, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back both South Carolina teams. Um, that stopped the day they hired Will Muschamp. Uh, the day they hired Will Muschamp, I got off. I was done. <laughs> and I said, until... Until they get rid of him, I won't ever pull for University of South Carolina. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the situation is. I'm not going to pull for him until they get rid of Will Muschamp. I'm not a fan of Will Muschamp. I, I think he's a tremendous uh, football mind. However, I don't think he's a head coach. Um, he, definitely is, he definitely is a tremendous defensive mind. But I, th- I absolutely. think people starting to question about him now, as you saw when he was at Florida, and now going in, I think he was at Florida four years, I believe, if I'm right, maybe five, but I think it was four. Uh, and then now at South Carolina, his fourth season, it doesn't look like he knows how to – it doesn't look like, like you said, I don't know if he can be a head coach in college football. He is a great – he's an elite uh, defensive coordinator in college football. He's, he's uh, probably and, one of the top five – Defensive coordinators in college football. Yeah, and I think the problem may be, I've always said when he was at Florida, one thing that, that I always had a question mark about him was when he would have good, you know, great recruiting classes, but it seemed like the players never developed uh, from their freshman year to their senior year. I always said that about him, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. And he would also make terrible hires uh, for his offensive coordinators. Uh, remember who his, I think his first hire as offensive coordinator uh, for the Florida Gators was Charlie Weiss. 
the former uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish coach. And then he hired Kurt Roper, who struggled. And then he turned around and hired Kurt Roper again uh, for the Gamecocks. So I, I think he doesn't know how to surround himself with a good coaching staff. And I don't think he knows how to, you know, get players to progress in their careers. As you And what have we always said about Jake Bentley, Addison? He's just as good now as he was when he was a freshman. I don't know. He was the same player. The day he went out this season, he was the same player he was when he was a freshman. Yep. Yep. That's that's what we've said, and I think that's just more proof of what I see in Will Muschamp. Now, now, so am I right in thinking that you – are you saying that the Gamecocks will keep him, or are you saying that they will get rid of him, and are you saying that you think they should get rid of him? Obviously, I, I think you 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 want to, them to get rid of him, so we've got I, that cleared I, up. I, de- so I definitely want them to get rid of I think that the only thing that stops the university from actively getting rid of him, uh, you've got two things. First of all, the payout involved with his tenure as a coach ending. Financial. <laughs> it's substantial. Say again? Yeah, it's, it's, it's substantial. There's some, there's some cash. There's some legit cash going going around. Um, <clears throat> the payout and the financial burden on the university and the athletic department, uh, that that is going to play a factor. Um, so that could be the reason they don't get rid of him. Uh, if, in some crazy world, he's able to beat Clemson in the last game of the season, he is like still the head coach. He, yeah, he's, he's still the head coach. coach. Hundred percent, he's still the head coach. He, he could not win. Maybe. He could he could not win a single game all season if you beat Clemson at the end of the year. You got a chance at being a head coach. Next year. <laughs> um, I I think that they're short of beating Clemson, which I don't think they're going to do. They're getting ready to play Texas A and M this week, and we're going to talk about the picks. But just to to bring up Texas A and M for a second, Texas A and M's three losses on the season come to number three Clemson number 13, Auburn, and number four, Alabama. Um, Texas A&M has three losses on the season. However, those are three losses to three really good teams. And Texas A&M is going to pick up two more losses before the end of the year because they play Georgia and LSU. However, they play South Carolina first. Um, (laughs) And I just – I think South Carolina loses out. They lose to Texas A&M. They lose to South – they lose to Clemson. Um, and I think that Will Muschamp's era at South Carolina ends. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see how it plays out. And I think the question now is, obviously, with Will Muschamp, what direction does uh, a University of South Carolina go with him? But where's the team at this point? Does he? Do you start seeing signs that he's lost the team? And does the team quit on the rest of the season? If they go out of A&M and things start going uh, bad pretty early, does this team just – completely quit on their coach and then they end up getting blown out in that game and then blown out against Clemson uh, that may kind of uh, make the decision for the school uh, but I think right now as long as they are competitive in both of those games I think the Gamecocks will hold on to Will Muschamp at least for one more year uh, but it doesn't get any easier Gamecock fans you swap out Alabama for LSU next year so <laughs> so uh, I don't know it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out uh, so let's move over real quick Shouldn't take long uh, to talk about the number three now Clemson Tigers uh, getting the easy win over NC State, uh, fifty-five to ten. 
Addison, I really don't know how much you want to touch on this uh, before we move on to taking a look at the college ball playoffs. Uh, Clemson with the easy win, like I said, over NC State, 10-0 and now on this season, and they wrapped up the Atlantic Division title. Uh, so they will be taking a Wake Forest this weekend, uh, having already wrapped up uh, that division crown. Yeah, Clint, not much to say. Uh, another victory, another dominating victory, um, and another victory that got to see a lot of Clemson players that are not starters get into a game and get to see game time, which is important, uh, especially you talk about trying to grow a dynasty and trying to grow a program that's going to be good not just now but in the future. Um, that opportunity to get your players in the game that have not or wouldn't typically get a chance to play, uh, very, very important. So um, Clemson, again, on a roll. They've got Wake Forest this week, uh, taking on South Carolina here in a couple weeks. So um, uh, rolling along, I'm just ready to talk about the playoffs. All right. Well, I know you have those college football playoff rankings for the top six teams. Once again, uh, this broke just a, a couple of hours uh, before we started recording. Um, so this is, like Addison likes to say, fresh off the press for us. Uh, but as you listeners uh, will listen to this on Thursday or whenever you listen to it later on in this week, uh, it will be old news for you, but this is new news for us. So Addison, go ahead and give us those top six uh, rankings from the College Football Playoff Committee. That's unless you uh, use Palmetto Blitz as your sole source of news media if you do, and way you. of sports, in which case I encourage uh, your your support, and I say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our college football playoff rankings uh, for this week uh, coming out again on November 12th. Uh, you've got LSU number one. They've jumped Ohio State. Ohio State dropping down to number two. Uh, Clemson jumps into number three, moving up from five. Uh, Georgia moving from six up to number four. Alabama, after that loss to LSU, dropping down two spots into number five. Uh, number six, Oregon jumping up one spot. They're eight and one. And Penn State nowhere to be found, dropping down way down there after losing this past week. So right now we've got LSU one with nine and oh a 9-0 record, number two, Ohio State with a 9-0 record, Clemson at three with a 10-0 record, and then 8-1 and for number four, five, and six. That's Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon. Yeah, so Addison, I, I, uh, while, while I'm asking you to do this, go ahead and start. Go ahead and go and bring up uh, the full college football playoff rankings on uh, wherever you want to pull it up for it. So I want you to take a look at something. Uh, I'm going to ask you to take a look at the number one through, let's go ahead and say, uh, let's go ahead and just cut it off at the number 15 spot. So the number one team through the number 15 spot. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a, a kind of a small little blind resume, if you say, about a team. And I want you to tell me where in those rankings, based off this resume, would you rank this team? Okay. Uh do you have those rankings pulled up? I do. Okay, so let's just say 1 through 15. So right now you got LSU at number 1, Michigan down at number uh, 15 with a 7-2 and two record, LSU undefeated. All right, this team, I want you to tell me where you would rank this team inside the top 15. This team has one loss on the season. They have one win over a Power 5 team that has a winning record. Let me say that again. 
This team has one loss, and they have one win over a Power 5 team that has a winning record. So, so you're asking me, where they should be? <laughs> go ahead and tell me. No, just tell me where you think they should be ranked based off of that. And then I want you to see if you can guess what this te- who this team is. Uh, I'd say they should be down around 13. 13. Okay, so right now at 13, you have Baylor, who's undefeated out of the Big 12 at 9-0. and Okay. 13. So do you want to take a guess at who this team is? Is it Utah? No. The correct answer is Alabama. Alabama has one win over a Power 5 team with a winning record. That win came against Texas A&M. And I bring this up because I do not understand this committee's thoughts on this Alabama team. I mean, I know they're outside the top four now, but the fact that they only fell back to number five is laughable, in my opinion. I don't know what – LSU went through that Alabama defense with no problem whatsoever. Now, I know Tua wasn't completely healthy. That That's fine. He, he started to show signs of that towards the end of the game. Uh, which LSU still has problems on defense. But, I, I, I mean, am I, am I wrong in this, Addison? Am I way off base? But this is an Alabama team whose defense has not looked good this season. And you're, you're not wrong. I think that they have and we one talked about... win over an FBS or over we, a Power 5 team with a winning record. We, we talked about it last week. I, I, there's a threshold of... You know, you you don't count what was done in the past. You count what was done this season, unless you're Alabama. Exactly. Um, and this exactly. it's just it's what it is. You uh, the Alabama fifth place standing right now is solely solely based on University of Alabama's history as a power football program. That's it. Exactly. And you That's have it. It, it, that that proves exactly what I was arguing last week that they are being they're in their own measurement system. It is Alabama's brand and what they have done in the past is just out there by themselves. And then you've got these other schools like Ohio State and Clemson that are being compared on a totally different measurement than what Alabama's being uh, held to. And and then something else that's interesting, Clemson sits there at number three, 10-0. And, and what have you what has been holding Clemson back this season? The one-point win. A win by one Carolina. A win by one. A win. And who's right behind them at number four? The Georgia Bulldogs, who lost at home to a bad South Carolina team who lost to North Carolina. But Georgia's win over Florida just completely erases that loss out of everybody's minds. But nobody's going to forget that one-point win for Clemson. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think that... I'll be honest with you. I think that Clemson has an opportunity to really change, change the narrative uh, once the playoffs come around. Uh, granted, this is if they win their next two games and if they make it to the playoffs. Um, but I mean, I, I think they've got a chance to put up some really big points against some teams that a lot of people have been saying are better than they are. Um, and I think that it, there's a potential for Clemson 
to be in that side of the conversation very soon in the future of Clemson maybe isn't that good, but they're going to get a spot just because of their history. I think they're close to that point, which is a tipping point for a university, which is impressive. Um, but I agree with you 100%. I think the Alabama ranking is it's ridiculous. I think, you know, and I have no issue whatsoever with the rankings from one to three. No problem whatsoever. I think LSU, I agree. I agree 100%. LSU has looked like a dominant team, although I do think they have holes on defense. Uh, they've looked like a dominant team, and you cannot argue with their resume. Ohio State has a solid resume, and they've looked like a dominant team. Clemson's resume isn't great, but it's not a bad resume, and they've looked like a dominant team. The problem I have is behind them, uh, however far you want to go back, basically. It's a, and, it's a free-for-all. Yeah, and the it's problem I have is I just want consistency from how for how they measure these teams across the board. And it is clear to me that there's no consistency when it comes to how they measure Alabama. All right, so now, Addison. I've mentioned that he has come off back-to-back 5-0 and weeks in our Pick'em segment. This is how we're going to wrap up the episode like we always do, the Palmetto Blitz Pick'em. Uh, these these current rankings or standings are on the website in the on the Pick'em section. Addison has increased his lead now. Uh, it was at one game heading into the weekend. Now he has increased it to four games. He is sitting at 42-13 and 13 on the season. In second, uh, myself and Mookie are tied at 38-17. and 17. And then Austin back there in last place at 37-18. and 18. So congratulations. The ghost, the on, ghost of Austin. Right the ghost of Austin is 37-18. and 18. <laughs> Austin, care to make a comment on that? No? All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, week 12, uh, we're going to start with Clemson going against Wake Forest. Uh, a clear victory for Clemson. Um, I think it's another one of these 50-plus uh, to, a, to a, you know, somewhere in the teens, just like they've been doing the past couple weeks. Everybody gets to get on the field and play, which is always a, a positive thing. Uh, Clemson by a whole ton. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, not much to say here. I think Clemson uh, pulls away with an easy victory over Wake Forest on senior night up in Death Valley. Uh, Wake Forest will probably have one of the better offenses Clemson's defense has faced all year, but they did, the name escapes me right now, but they did just announce that Wake Forest's number one uh, wide receiver is out for this game. Uh, so that should help that Clemson defense some. I think, I think Wake Forest... Uh, could get into the double digits, uh, but I don't see them keeping up with Clemson. Clemson wins easy. So let's move over to South Carolina Gamecocks on the road against the Aggies of Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M is going to take this one. Again, we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, their three losses on the season coming to good football programs uh, that are all in the top 15. Um, I, I just don't see South Carolina being able to hang with them. Um, they're not going to have a repeat of the Georgia game. Um, and I think that uh, some angry fans are going to have moving trucks sitting outside of Muschamp's house. <laughs> and I made a comment uh, to some other South Carolina fans that, that the end of that game, if you were watching it, the end of that game against App State, it sounded like an App State home game. And it might be a good thing the Gamecocks are going on the road because I don't think there would be 
it just seems Gamecock fans, you can say what you want to say about them, but they have been one of the best fan bases about filling Williams Bryce, filling their home stadium no matter what. Uh, but here in the last few home games, I've noticed there's less and less fans in the stands. Uh, and I think it would have been that same way if this game was at home. But they go on the road, and that doesn't help matters. I think the Gamecocks get beat and get beat pretty bad on the road taking on Texas A&M. Uh, so I like the Aggies to pick up an easy win in this one. Now, going over to Notre Dame versus Navy. Addison, who do you have in this one? Yeah, so it, it's going to get a little bit more difficult as we uh, as we move on in these picks. Not quite as easy as the first two. Uh, the Notre Dame-Navy game, this is uh, the 93rd meeting of the two teams. Uh, 93 years in a row these two teams have played each other. Notre Dame leads 78 uh, to 13-1. to one. So 78 wins, 13 losses, and one tie. Right now, Navy is ranked 23rd. And Notre Dame is a 16. I think that Navy um, is a good team this year. They've got a solid team this year. Uh, you know, we're the week after Veterans Day and uh, the week after uh, the Marine Corps birthday, which uh, I, I was hoping that uh, they were going to make the announcement that Navy would be wearing the Marine Corps outfits like they do from time to time, uh, the Marine Corps uniform. Um, but uh, I'm picking Navy to uh, do a little bit of an upset and knock off Notre Dame, and uh, that's going to put them at 8-1 and one on the season, jump them up in the polls a little bit, and uh, maybe make some noise. Actually, I'm going to tell you a secret. I was going to go opposite. <laughs> Whatever you picked in this game. because, But I agree with you. I think Navy's got a very good chance to pull out this win because this is kind of an off-the-radar. You know, Notre Dame season – is not what they were hoping sitting down right now with two losses. Navy is kind of having a bounce back season this year, uh, sitting there with only one loss inside the top 25. I think this is going to be a very close game. Navy is going to give the Fighting Irish all sorts of problems. But since you went Navy, I really wanted to go Navy, but since you went Navy, I'm going to go with the Fighting Irish in this one. You're just trying all to right. dig that hole deeper, huh? <laughs> Hopefully I can gain a game on you here. Uh, all right, so now the Georgia Bulldogs uh, be, are going to be taking on the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Auburn sitting at number 12, 7-2. Georgia in the top four, 8-1 uh, with that one loss being that ugly loss to South Carolina. Again, I've said it multiple times, that was a fluke game. I think Georgia is one of the top four teams in the nation right now, and I think they're going to pick up a pretty convincing win over Auburn. So, so LSU and Alabama was last weekend, and I told you this this, this wasn't going to be your traditional LSU Alabama game, low scoring, uh, and it and it I was right with the as you saw what the final score ended up being in that one, but I think this one will be what Alabama and LSU used to be. Auburn is very talented on defense; they don't have much on offense. Georgia isn't an explosive offense; they can't really stretch the field, um, but very talented on defense. I think Auburn is able to keep this one close and keep it low scoring, but I go with Jake Fromm over the freshman Bo Nix in this one. So I think the Bulldogs pull away with a win, and it's going to be an ugly one, maybe 17-14, to 20-17. Maybe whoever gets to 20 uh, wins this ball game, and I think the Bulldogs are the team to pull it off. All right, so now let's go over, over to a big surprising matchup uh, between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears, and this very well could be the matchup of the Big 12 championship game. Uh, 
Uh, so who would have thought? Yeah. Who do you have in this one? The Sooners versus the Bears. So, I, again, who would have thought at the first of the season this was going to be a big game for us in Week 12, right? Yeah. Um, nope, no I, hey. <laughs> Uh, Baylor at 13, number 13 in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, they're 9 and 0. Oklahoma is number 10 in the rankings. They're 8 and 1. Um, Oklahoma's one loss coming to K State, uh, and K State got absolutely walloped by Baylor earlier in the season, um, around the same time that Oklahoma lost to K State. Um, so I think that if you do the trans, uh, transferative property, um, which uh, I'm not a fan of. However, uh, <laughs> I think Baylor's got a, an upper hand on them. Um, no, I think I think Baylor's Baylor's legit. I mean, we've found out over the past couple of weeks that Baylor team is is not a joke and it's not just a fluke. They they're a football team that's that's around to to pick up some big wins. So I think they're going to knock off Oklahoma, which I thought that Oklahoma was going to make a run for the top uh, top four and be in the playoffs at the first of the season. Um, but I think Baylor's going to knock them off. I think it might be close, but uh, I think Baylor's going to hop up a couple a couple spots and, again, try to make some noise up at the top of that ranking. And, and really, if you look at these schools, neither one of these schools, although they've gotten some wins, but are winning easy. Uh, you know, Baylor's got a two-overtime win over, I believe, TCU, a three-overtime win over Texas Tech, uh, but they're winning. Like you said, Addison, they are winning those games, and that's what matters. Uh, Oklahoma didn't win against Kansas State. Uh, so I think Baylor's got a good shot in this game, but I think uh, it really comes down – anytime Oklahoma takes the field, it, it comes down to whether their defense is going to show up or not. And most of the time, Oklahoma's defense has decided not to show up here in the past few years, <laughs> and they rely so much on that offense. But I think Oklahoma just has way too much talent at the skill positions for that Baylor's defense, for that Baylor defense. Uh, so I think Oklahoma, I think it's close there late into the third quarter, but Oklahoma just too much skill on that offensive side of the ball, and I think the Sooners come away with the win. Thanks to the official apparel sponsor of Palmetto Blitz, Pride Gear. Check them out at pridegear.com. That's P-R-Y-D-E gear.com. Pride Gear the most trusted custom apparel solution for teams and fans. All right, so that does it for this episode of the Palmetto Blitz podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, obviously, like I've said before, you can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all your uh, top podcast platforms. We all are, avail are available there. Check us out on our social media platforms at Palmetto Blitz. That's on Facebook and Twitter. And you can all obviously head over to palmettoblitz.com. Uh, that website will have your South Carolina High School League bracket and your Skeezer brackets on there on the homepage and also uh, presented by ScoreStream, a live scoreboard for you to follow along with on Friday nights for all your playoff action. So for Addison and Clint, we appreciate you joining us here on the Palmetto Blitz podcast, and we will see you next week.